A month ago, in New York, a couple got married. The girl is from a Syrian family, a nice Syrian family. The boy is from a Lebanese family. The wedding was nice. And the chuppah was done by Orthodox rabbi, by Jewish law. At the, at the chasen, at the wedding, he was speaking to his bride, and he gave a compliment, and he spoke in English, but he threw in all the words in Hebrew that if somebody who doesn't speak Hebrew doesn't even understand what they were saying. It was beautiful. A few weeks later, his wife felt that she sees something suspicious about them. When he wasn't home, she went to look through his suitcase. She found a passport, a Lebanese passport. The name that he is that he gave her is not the true name. He called himself Eliyahu Khaliva. He's not Eliyahu, he's not Khaliva. The guy speaks Hebrew. He's 35 years old. He goes with nice suits. He's, he's, he's a, he considers himself, he says that he's a big business, he's a, he's a businessman. He davens three times a day. He goes to all the orthodox shuls. Everybody knows him. He's a Lebanese boy from a Shiite family. And used to ask him before the wedding, who is your family? Says, you know, I became a Baal Tshuva, that they cut off all the, all the ties with me. And, but they have some family in South America. She realized that the boy she was married was not the boy that she was talking about. He had, he had, a, he had a false uh, identity. The guy is six or seven years old. Six, seven years is going around among Jewish organizations and Jewish places. Why? Then she, she called her parents. Her parents picked her up, put her in a hidden place. They were afraid of him. They thought maybe he's a terrorist, a spy. They involved the FBI. First of all, when the old news came, became, became public, he, could have, he closed his Facebook page, this page in his Facebook page. He was a big supporter of Israel, big supporter of this. The FBI got involved because they were afraid. Who knows what it is? They, they picked him up from wherever he was. Nobody could find him, but they found him. Mm-hmm. They interrogated him. They found, he has two passports, an American passport and a Lebanese passport. Both of them are, uh, are uh, not expired. And, but he's not a terrorist. He says he just wants to be a Jew, actually. Okay. Then the question is, if you want to be a Jew, why you didn't do conversion? Nobody can answer this question. I think maybe, you know, he started to say that he was a Jew, and then he got lost, you know, he got involved, and then he couldn't, he was embarrassed to admit that he's not a Jew, something like this. That's a strange thing. He speaks Hebrew. You know, in, in his uh, bio, he used to say... Cir- he's already circumcised. How hard could it be? In his bio, he said, he said that, he, he, that he was in Israel. Well, he was not in Israel. It's a lie. It's one of his lies that he created of himself. You know, sometimes people start to believe themselves that they did things that they never did. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. This is a strange story. And the rabbi, who actually officiated the wedding... You know, this is, that's bad news. And I'm sure the family of the bride are not happy. Very not happy with the story. But uh, that happened this week. It all broke out this week. And all the religious Jewish, uh, uh, religious Orthodox websites 
all over the story went all over. And the community was up in arms. How dear they married them off. He's not Jewish and they married them off. And nobody was asking the right questions. Nobody found out who he is. You know, the guy is he's going around for seven years. Talking Hebrews, praying, davening, doing everything. Yeah. What does you have to believe? It, and I'm telling you, I heard that video from his speech at his wedding. It, I think it was his wedding. He spoke like a regular issue student. With all the lingo, the Jewish, the Hebrew lingo in between in the Jewish world. Yeah. She has midot and she saw this. All the, all the Hebrew world in the right place in the right time. But he was not Jewish. He's not Jewish. He's from, he's a, from Lebanese, from Lebanon, yeah. from a Shiite family. What's interesting is that this story broke up came out to the news right in the parsha of Vayetze. When we read that Jacob came from Be'er Sheva to Haran mm-hmm. to marry Rachel, right? To marry yeah. his first cousin, Rachel. Yeah. He met his uncle, Laban. He made with him a deal. He says, I will work for you for seven years and you will give me Rachel, your youngest daughter, right? No mistakes, sure. Deal is a deal. He, he walked gave him the, the, the ugly one instead. It wasn't, she wasn't ugly. She just had tender eyes. But she wasn't ugly. She was actually, she looked alike. If she would be ugly, he would recognize that she's Leah, not Rachel. In the morning, and it was Leah, right? Yep. He thought he's marrying Rachel, and in the morning he discovered that's Leah. Then she... And the Jacob turned to his to his my father-in-law and he told him, Why you lie to me? That his father told him, you know, in our place, in our communities, you don't do such bad things. We don't marry the younger before the older. If you want, says no problem. Wait a week, celebrate with Leah, and then I'll give you Rachel, and you work for me another seven years, right? Yep. And that's what Jacob did, right? Now, the question is, why he told them wait a week? Why he wait a week, then marry Rachel? Then the Talmud learns from this story two laws. Number one, when a couple gets married, they should not celebrate only seven days. They should celebrate, they not only shouldn't celebrate only one day, the day of the wedding, they should celebrate seven days. Like it's called Sheva Bochas. Seven days of small celebration should celebrate with your wife, with your bride for seven days. That's law number one. That's why he needed a week. Law number two, that if you want to marry Rachel, you don't mix the two parties together. You don't mix one simcha with another simcha. That's what the Jewish law says. Why? Because you cannot celebrate, you cannot be happy for two things together. One will, will uh, overshadow the other. If you're marrying two wives and you're celebrating both of them, inevitably you will, be, you will love one more than the other then you will actually make both of them not comfortable. Then you cannot make the two things together. Marry one, wait a week, and then marry another one. Now, from this comes a Jew, an interesting law. The talk, Code of Jewish Law says that you cannot get married during Pesach or during Sukkot. The, you know, the Cholamboy, the intermediate days of between the first days of Pesach and the last day, the intermediate days between first day of Sukkot and the last day. Nobody makes a wedding. Why? Because we have an obligation to rejoice with the holiday. Mm-hmm. 
Then like, if I will get married, I will not rejoice right. the other day. I rejoice my bride. Then that's why the Torah says, no, 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 no. You don't mix two, two mitzvahs together. Right. Celebrate the holiday, and then if you want, make a wedding. Therefore, there is no weddings on Pesach, no weddings on Sukkot. Would it be the same principle for why you don't get married on Shabbos? On Shabbat is violating Shabbat. You cannot do this. You can, but they were Jewish people used to get married Friday afternoon mm-hmm. and have the meal on Shabbat. Was why a Shabbat is it necessarily meal. a violation? Because it's a, it's, 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 it's a Kenyan, it's a, it's a transaction. It's almost like oh, a business I, transaction. I it's, and then there is the Ketubah. Really, you could be married, but you're afraid. You write the Yerba Ketubah. You'll forget. You'll sign something. I you'll let something. That's the problem. I thought it was the same principle. Yeah. Okay. That's what they're afraid of. But there, there is stories that somebody married off somebody on Shabbat. There was, was stories like this. Because really, 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 you're allowed to marry on Shabbat. But because the whole around it, somebody will violate the Shabbat. I can put money on it. You understand? Yep. Now... The, the, this is the, the source of this Jerusalem Talmud learns it from the story of Jacob. The Babylonian Talmud learns the idea of not mixing two parties together from a different place. He learns it from the story of King Solomon. King Solomon became a king. He decided to build a temple, a big temple. He, uh, he commissioned 150,000 employees. It was a huge, huge operation. Seven years took to build the temple. Finally built the temple. By the by, the, the month of the holidays, he made an inauguration party from the eighth of Tishrei until the first day of Sukkot, seven days, and then was another seven days of Sukkot. They celebrated fourteen days. Then uh-huh. the question is why he didn't combine the two parties together, the party of the inauguration of the temple with the, with the holiday of Sukkot. People come and Sukkot anyway. Make one party. Why to stop the economy for fourteen days? What's wrong with them? Because it's two separate joys, rejoicing, two separate simchas. Mm-hmm. There's one thing to rejoice the, the inauguration of the temple. There is another mitzvah to rejoice the holiday. He didn't want to mix the two. Because if you mix the two, you'll never know what you're celebrating because it's a Sukkot, because of the new temple. It's too complicated. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he did one on Sukkot. He did eight days from, until Sukkot, and then seven days, and another seven days on Sukkot. Then the Jewish people celebrated 14 days straight. It was a big, big party then. Now, this ruling that you don't mix two parties together, two simchas together, is only about weddings. Mm-hmm. Let's say a bar mitzvah and a bris together with a wedding you can do. Why? Because a bris, for example, has to be in the eighth day. Mm-hmm. Then we cannot push that off to this day, to the other day. It has to be day day. I don't care when it is. It's Yom Kippur. You make a bris on Yom Kippur. Mm-hmm. No matter what the day of the year is. You can't say, oh, it's a holiday. I cannot do the bris. You do the bris whenever it is. Day day must be, must be the bris. So you can do it on Shabbos. You do it on Shabbos. Not only you can, you do it on Shabbos. Yes. You do bris on Shabbos all the time. If it's day day. If it's after day day, you don't do it on Shabbos. But if it's day day, the day that's supposed to be the bris, yes. Sometimes... The day is, uh, the child is jaundice, then you don't do the bris on day day, you wait. Then you don't do it on Shabbos. But if it's day day, then Shabbos. Okay. Not only this, not only go was in Israel a wedding. And right after the wedding was a bris. 
Not for the groom. And the, the breeze was for a baby from the family that he was jaundice. And the doctor said, finally, that day, the doctor said, you can make the breeze. The parents wanted to make the breeze right away. And it was a big wedding. Everybody going to the wedding. They said, we'll bring the baby to the wedding. Right after the chuppah, it was a breeze. They took the baby home. The whole family was there. Go schlep the family to a different party. They're not coming. They solved the problems. But the same thing is about mitzvah. About mitzvah, really, you have to do on the day you turn 13. That's when the day you're becoming a mitzvah. Mm-hmm. Not when, you're, when your grandparents can come from out of town, from Florida. It's when, not when the whole family can come for Thanksgiving. The bar mitzvah is on the day you turn 13. At least you have to make a small party. Then you do, you do a bigger party. You can push off the big party. But the small party, you have to do, you have to do on time. You have to celebrate the, the idea that you turn 13. That's also the idea in, at that day you have to do it. You cannot push this off. But two weddings, let's say, for example, in Jewish law, Two sisters, you don't marry them off on the same, and, you know, sometimes people do weddings together, two brothers, two sisters. I just was, a, I officiated a funeral a few months ago for somebody, the two brothers, one of the brothers, both brothers got married in the same wedding. Hmm. with two different women, both of them got married in the same, the same wedding. Never seen so that. this is, is a no-no. Logically, you can quetch it, but for sure it's written in a, in uh, other books and Kabbalah books, that it's not it's it's not good good luck. Okay. Then you don't do two brothers in this under the same roof getting married the same day. Or two matter. sisters. Or two sisters. No, not a good idea. What is the message for us for for not mixing one thing with the other? You know which holiday is coming up? Thanksgiving. The most Jewish holiday, right? You know why Jewish people love Thanksgiving more than all Jewish holidays? And people told me that's straight. No prayers, no matzes, no mitzvahs, no agada, no guilt feeling. And just a meal, a meal and finish the whole families together without any pain surrounded. You know, there is Thanksgiving, is Thursday, when Thursday, and Sunday night is Hanukkah. Remember, like 15 years ago, we had a family. You know, I just saw her the other day again, she came for another thing. But she thought it was also Thanksgiving was not so far from Hanukkah. Then they said, you know, she told me, no, everybody came for Thanksgiving. I know people not before Hanukkah, we were lighting the candles. We were eating a, a latkes. She made me so nervous. I told her, you know, it's a shame you didn't put a few matzahs on the table. You will save yourself a, a seder also. The point is, you don't mix one pa- a party with another, one thing with another. In, a, in one way to learn a lesson for us, not that this the Jewish law talks about, is Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving, and Hanukkah is Hanukkah, and you don't light candles three days before, and you don't eat matzah a week later. You eat when the holiday is, that's the time to do it. Then a Jew should celebrate Hanukkah not only one day, eight days, and even by himself, he should light Hanukkah candles. And even he's on the moon, he should light Hanukkah candles wherever he goes and wherever he comes. It's, uh, we have to understand that the holiday is to be celebrated when the date in the calendar is. A day too early is too early, mm-hmm. and a day too late is too late. It's like eating matzahs and purim, and like uh, and eating, uh, praying the gragar on Pesach. The time is on the right time. And when we do the right time, 
When we light the candles for eight days, Hashem will light our candle and bring us light and joy in our life.